This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Prize Picks. Get a deposit match of up to $100 by using code MMN on your first deposit at prizepicks.com. Link is down in the description. Waiver wire, injuries, running back snap shares, plus the props for Monday night football. You can use the time codes, jump around to wherever you want to go, and all of the injury cheat sheets and rankings will be updated in the Mayo Media Newsletter. That link is down in the description. You can subscribe for free to the newsletter or just click on the link right now. That's where you're going to get your updates as more information comes up because the injuries, some we know, some we don't know about who is going to play into Week 5 and beyond because it looks like Javante Williams may miss a lot of time, but how much time? I don't know. And once I know, I'll update the newsletter. All right? You can find the waiver wire power rankings up on DKNation.com as well. If you're looking for those, those will also get changed if new information is released throughout the week. Let's jump into Monday night, though, and go over to prizepicks.com. As you can see, I got my two plays on the board hitting this off right away. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. The over more than 93 and a half yards in three games against the San Francisco 49ers. Last year, Cooper Cup you know, cracked 100 yards each of these times. It's funny because we've seen scoring down in the NFL, and two of the bigger plays on Sunday was Derrick Henry over after they dropped him over 10 yards, and, and one of them was Michael Pittman after they dropped him down. The other one was Jeff Justin Jefferson after they dropped him down after a few bad games in a row. Two of those hit. Pittman was there, and then Pittman went, I think, I think he went missing at halftime. Get his face on a milk carton. At this moment, I don't know if anyone's found him as of yet. Matt Ryan certainly hasn't. Seven targets in the first half, none in the second half in a catch-up situation. Very strange outcome for Michael Pittman. But, you know, you live and learn, you move on, you can't get everything right. So Cooper Cup over 93.5 receiving yards in this game, uh, especially if the game is expected to be tight, which it is. It's less than a two-point spread. So if it's a competitive game, you won't see what happened to Cup happen last like, well, he scored a touchdown last week, but the yardage wasn't even close against Arizona because the Rams just jumped out ahead. And that was the end of it. If they do that in this game, you could suffer the same fate, but they do jump out ahead. I'm confident it's going to be with Cooper Cup. Now, you look at both these teams of what they've done through three weeks and what do they do well. Both these teams, top five in DVOA at stopping the run. I don't think that's going to mean that the Rams and Niners aren't going to run the ball because... They love running the ball for like, I mean, San Francisco runs the ball a little bit better than the Rams. The Rams very content with rushing for two yards per carry for no apparent reason when they could just be throwing the ball the entire time and have a far more efficient offense. But I don't think it's going to be there on the ground. You can play some of the unders for the running backs, although they're pretty low to begin with. That's normally where I would lean. The other one that I'm going to go with, though, is going to be this Brandon Ayuk over projected targets in the game. Six. In the past two games against the Rams, he went over this number. Uh, he might end up on Ramsey, but that's probably pretty unlikely because they're going to want to spy Debo for the most part to make sure that he doesn't go absolutely bananas. Then they're going to be moving him from the slot to outside to the backfield. Ayuk's going to have his spot on the field. The last two games against the Rams, he has seen on average eight and a half targets a game, and he has been their primary receiver. I mean, Debo is their number one receiver, but in terms of just overall receiving, it has been Brandon Ayuk so far this season. I don't know what he's going to get for catches, for yards, but target-wise, I think that's going to turn out pretty well. We can jump over to the prize picks tool if you want to go and just nail what the prize pick simulator is saying. Let me down on the Dalvin Cook 
rushing attempts. He ended up with like 19. It should have been four because Dalvin Cook was useless in that London game. But Minnesota was like, you know what? We're going to run for two yards of carry. Don't worry about it with Dalvin Cook. And we're going to win anyway. So, I mean, they did it. I don't know why he was getting so many carries because he looked horrible <laughs> in that game. But hey, you live and learn. Uh, the Zach Wilson one absolutely smashed on the passing yard. So we're we're close. We're getting there. There's no super heavy favorites per runthesims.com. Runthesims.com slash Mayo, by the way, for 10% off the weekly, the monthly, and the annual memberships. You can always upgrade after the fact as well. Cam Akers under receiving yards is the strongest play at still less than 75%. So you're going to lose it one of every four times. Nine and a half is the receiving total in three games this year. He's been over it once. There's only been two games where he's got targets. So uh, it's like zero or he crushes this number. And so far this season, that's kind of planned out. Like once every four times, he's going to hit the over. Most of the time, he's going to hit the under. And then this is the one that really stuck out to me was Ray Ray McLeod over three and a half receiving yards. He's going to get like two targets in this game. You better hope that he catches one of them uh, and that ends up being good enough. But those are the two strongest plays. Jimmy G over two and a half rushing yards is another one. But I, like nothing, I, I when I like to go to the simulator on prize picks, it's mainly because there's like a 90%, 85%. We're just not seeing that from this Monday night game. So it's got to be pure gut play for me on Monday night. Hit the Monday nighters last week. So hopefully I can run it back and get the 3X this week on prize picks. So we'll go back to prize picks. Cooper Cup, more than 93 and a half receiving yards. Brandon Ayuk, more than six targets. 125, pace 375. Let's nail it. Let's get some cash. Let's, let's win some cash back after, I guess it was like a break-even week based on the plays. But, yeah, we want to be winning on this show. In terms of the overall DraftKings plays, you can see the projections here. On Run the Sims, you can always go in and put in what you think is going to happen in the game. Obviously, the spread is currently San Francisco minus 1.5. So, in the projections, they're minus 1.5 favorites. 22 to 20.5 is what we're seeing right now in terms of the points that are put in for the simulation purposes. You can run 10 thousand simulations in under 10 seconds well let's do that right now and just see how that pops out you can see some of the highest projected DraftKings plays if you're playing DraftKings showdown for Monday Night Football you can see Cooper Cup Debo Jeff Wilson Jimmy Garoppolo are your four strongest plays who project out in the optimal lineups that's not a real big shocker uh the Niners defense and Matt Gay are the two like cheapies that are popping up Juwan Jennings at two thousand dollars is also there he's so boomer bust which is kind of perfect for the Monday Night Football DraftKings showdown games as well though because you need that sort of boom type player because you're probably not going to win 98 percent of the time uh in terms of overall of the 10,000 lineups that were simulated the most popular one is Cooper Cup as the captain with Niners D and Jeff Wilson correlation Matt Gay, Matt Stafford, Tyler Higby along with it. So a full-on onslaught of the Rams passing attack with the kicker and then a correlation between the defense and Jeff Wilson at the same time. Expect that lineup to be duped many a times. Let's jump over to the injury report and waiver wire for running backs going into week five. Javante Williams left the game with a knee injury. It seems pretty serious. He might be done for the season, but they're projecting it two to eight weeks as of this moment. We'll have more information in the future. Once again, if you want to check out, I mean, I'll update this web page 
anyway, you can find that link down in the description. And then the waiver wire column is going to be updated as well once new information is presented. You can find that down in the description of the podcast or on the video. Remember to smash the like and sub to the channel, by the way. Uh, and you can always check out the three times a week fantasy football picks and bets. Me on Monday, Tambo on Thursday, and then me again on the weekend for the rankings update and injury report. Jonathan Taylor has an ankle injury. It's not a high ankle sprain as was expected, but he still may miss Sunday night football or Thursday night football, sorry, because of the short turnaround. Deion Jackson might be in line to see some share snaps in that game along with Naheem Hines. But it's just the Colts in general, their offense is just absolutely terrible right now. Elvin Kamara missed the game in London with his ribs injury. Uh, we'll monitor his status moving forward. David Montgomery, still no word on when he's going to be back. DeAndre Swift, still expected to miss another week. And then the Lions have a bye in week six. So they can get him healthy over the course of like that month off. And then he should return. Uh, you probably don't want Craig Reynolds. He was used a little bit, but not a ton. And then Justin Jackson stole one from him. It's the Jamal Williams show with those other guys spliced in at the same time. I don't think you're going to run as hot as Jamal Williams ran on Sunday ever again. So, you know, take it where you can get it. Boston Scott missed the game for the Eagles and allowed Miles Sanders to go absolutely bananas in that game. If you go down a little bit more uh, in the newsletter, you can always find the... Snapshares for the teams. You can see Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and Devin Singletary all played 87% more of the snaps this week. You can get the full list inside the newsletter down in the description, as I mentioned. No real big shockers here. Damian Pierce continues to push around 70% of the team snaps, even in a losing effort. That is very encouraging news. That's what we want to see of a guy who we want to penetrate the top 10 overall for the rest of the season. Miles Sanders up at 67%, Gainwell down at 27 But again, there's no Boston Scott in that game. That's kind of the the issue here once Boston Scott returns we know he eats into Miles Sanders most valuable touches inside the red zone so as long as Boston Scott's out Miles Sanders looks great in this circumstance the other one's Rashad Penny that's three out of the past four weeks to start the year that he has been over 65 percent of the snap share in the Seahawks backfield obviously he went off against the Lions the Lions defense is piss poor and that's where we're at with him right now so lock him into a top 20 running back as long as this continues James Conner 67%. That offense isn't very efficient, but he's going to start scoring soon. He's still getting all of his opportunities. That's all there. I wouldn't worry too much about him. And then you can see like Cordell Patterson was banged up. Um, What are you going to (laughs) do? He ended up not playing. He was played 29% of the snaps. Tower Algier played 52%. Then they had some other random dude. It wasn't Craig Reynolds. It was like Craig something. And I was like, who is this guy? And what is he doing? Real fast. Ended up scoring a touchdown. But when when you run for over 200 yards on the ground, it's going to be okay. I would expect CPAT once he is fine and full health once again, that he takes back over a 50% snap share here. McKissick played 54%, Gibson 38%. And when we talk about the waiver wire pickups, well, I guess I might as well get to them right now, I suppose, because Brian Robinson looks like he's coming back from the two gunshot wounds that he received earlier in the year. Maybe this week, might be the might be next week, might be after a bye, but it's going to be sometime in the relatively near future. I've seen people talk him up like, well, here's your running back one, you're good to go. 
Well, Antonio Gibson's the running back number one right now, but every time that the com- the commies, the commanders, the commandos get into a situation where they are trailing, which is pretty often, it's just J.D. McKissick on the field at all times because he's their pass-catching back. I don't know for sure if Brian Robinson is going just to step out of that role. And it's not like Antonio Gibson's just going to like be cut the moment this happens. I would expect in neutral situations or when Washington is winning that you're probably going to see Brian Robinson a lot. Absolutely. However, that's not the case all the time. So you're going to get like a two to one, probably Robinson over Gibson. I mean, it could be Gibson over Robinson. He's coming back from gunshot wounds. We still don't even know how good he is. We know Antonio Gibson's like, fine. That's about it. Is Brian Robinson better? Well, at least that's what we're hoping. That's what we think when you pick him up. But just know J.D. McKissick's going to be there when they're trailing in situations to gobble up a lot of those valuable PPR points. So if you see anyone with Brian Robinson, number one on the waiver wire, running back this week, I understand the logic behind it. I just think he's going to be someone you have on your team that you're just going to hate playing every single week. He's going to have like one really good game. You're like, oh man, here we go, Brian Robinson. And it's like two points the next week. It's like... 13 carries for you know, 24 yards and no catches, and that's it. Because that's what's going to happen when you try to tackle teams who aren't the overall leading running backs uh, in every situation on their teams in bad offenses. Like Khalil Herbert's one thing, because he's just on the field 75% of the time, that he can manufacture his points in different ways, even without a touchdown. Like this week wasn't a great week for Herbert. He had like 11 fantasy points. I mean, that's well below what I would have hoped he got, but he had almost 80 rushing yards. He had a catch for 24 yards. Like, it was a pretty good week for someone who didn't score a touchdown. Like, that's what you want. You want the bad weeks to be okay and the great weeks to be great. And with Brian Robinson, it feels like the bad weeks are going to be, like, unplayable and the good weeks are going to be like, eh. So is that really the guy that you want to pick up? Not for me. In my running back waiver wire rankings this week, I go with the Boone King, Mike Boone. Yeah, here we go. Denver Broncos replacing Javante Williams. Yes, it's going to be a split situation with Melvin Gordon. However, once Javante exited the game, it was all Mike Boone all the time, especially in those trailing situations. So the way I perceive it is that he probably has a 50-50 chance. Uh, Melvin Gordon fumbled again. So in the doghouse, Mike Boone didn't fumble. That's worth noting. But if you like, if Javante's going to miss like eight weeks or the season, and obviously I don't know that of the time of this recording, that's what it seems. At least the reports are saying as of this moment, we'll wait for confirmation from an MRI to see what's actually wrong with his ACL or MCL or whatever it might be. Mike Boone's probably locked into a 50-50 role in terms of the carries, probably a 50-50 role in terms of the goal line, and probably like 75-25 in terms of the receiving game in this Denver offense, which, you know, where Russell Wilson loves checking down all of a sudden, that's a pretty valuable role to have for someone you can scrape off the waiver wire. I'm not saying he's a top 20 running back, but he's probably like a flex play that you can put in when you're in need. We got injuries, we got bye weeks coming up. The Boone King, number one in the running back, rankings at waiver wire this week after that i still have raheem mostert then brian robinson one two three uh richard white then jalen warren four and five you can see the rest of the list up there but it's just names the the usual names jalen warren isaiah pacheco justice hill tyler algier kenneth gainwell oh guys unless you play in the deepest of leagues have no business being on your team at this moment unless you're just using that bench spot for a handcuff stash once again the full rankings down in the description Click on it. You can read the entire list. Back over to the newsletter and the updated injury report at receiver. Scroll back up to receiver. Jamison Cratter, Isaiah McKenzie both left the game for the Buffalo Bills. Jake Kumaro did not play. And then we had some guy named Shakira playing in that 
Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, little man slot rule. Uh, we'll see how these guys are doing, uh, especially with all the buzz around concussions right now. You might see a bigger crackdown on when players are allowed to return. I mean, Jamison Crowder, thank God he left. The moment he left the game, the Bills actually did something because on the first two drives, he's like he's trying to like muff a punt and then balls are bouncing off of his hands. It was not a great scene for Jamison Crowder early in that game. I don't know why they were using him so much because he kept just popping the ball up into the air trying to create tip drills for everyone. Keep that guy in practice. You let him run the tip drill. We'll be good to go. You got Isaiah McKenzie back on the field, but if not, you got Shakira. Shakir, whatever the hell that dude's name was. Probably Shakira, incognito, trying to pay off her taxes. It's my theory behind it. Chenault left the game with a hamstring. Quintez Cephas left the game with a foot. Kenny Galladay uh, might be done for the year with a knee injury. Traylon Burks. Uh, it's looking like it's a serious foot injury. So breakout's not coming. The break app, the breakout happened in the foot, not on the field. That's uh, a tough scene for all those Traylon Burke truthers out there, which I never saw it, but people are like super dang. He was like the new Chenault. Uh, now, you know, the new Chenault and the old Chenault both hurt, both in this week. Michael Thomas, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark all did not play, nor did Keenan Allen, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Zay Jones, Wendell Robinson, Kadarius Toney, AJ Green, or Jake Kumaro. When we get to the waiver wire pickups of the week, I vaulted Michael Gallup up to the top of the list. Romeo Dubs was last week's number one, continued to be the second receiver. I think uh, that Aaron Rodgers can support two receivers. Christian Watson did get back involved a little bit, especially on some like outside swings and some deep shots. But Dubs in the red zone, weirdly enough, you think it would be Lazard after the rapport that they've established over the past few years. And even last year, Alan Lazard had more red zone targets than Devontae Adams did, but now it's Romeo Dubs. So loving him going forward. He's like a top 36-ish receiver. He's not like a top 20 guy, but someone you can play pretty comfortably every single week. Love his down weeks. But those boom weeks are going to be really good. But Gallup is going to be number one now that he's back on the field for the Cowboys. Gallup, George Pickens with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Loves him some George Pickens. Jacoby Myers, I would expect him to return this week, whether it's Hoyer, Zap, or Mac Jones. I mean, that's the easiest pass on the field for all of them is to Jacoby Myers, just in half point and full point PPR. He's just someone who's going to get you some safe points every single week. Very little upside, but someone who's very valuable, again, to have on your team during injury season, during bye week season, that's pretty reliable, as long as his knee holds up. Corey Davis, the return of Zach Wilson, just shed some Put some life into Corey Davis once again. And then Jamison Williams at number five. We're getting closer and closer to week eight. We already have Amon Ra banged up. We're like Josh Reynolds is their number one receiver at the moment. Jamison Williams, he's the highest pick in the draft at receiver. If he can come back and be healthy off this knee injury, like this this Lions off defense isn't stopping anyone. So they're going to have to throw like 50 times a game. It's great news for a rookie receiver to come into. And if you hit my newsletter today, I have some stats in there as well, as you can see. I mean, it's a Twitter thread that I put into it, but it's just a bunch of, you know, I have all the game notes in there. Where are we at here? The player notes. I have a bunch of stuff in here about most air yards in the league. And there's two rookies already. I mean, Chris Olave is killing everyone this year in terms of air yards. But that's what we're looking like going forward at quarterback for this week. Or I, I mix these up. One should say tight end should be where quarterback is. I'll have to go and uh, replace that. Although you guys know the, the awful truth right now. So at tight end, Johnny Smith left the game. Foster Moreau and Brevin Jordan both missed the week. So at tight end, I have Hayden Hurst, Tyler Conklin, Bobby Tunyon. Big Bobby T, Robert Tunyon. Number three, 
Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, and I did throw Hunter Henry on at number six to see the extent of this Jonu injury. You don't love Hunter Henry, but he could be somewhat reliable in that circumstance. At quarterback, Hoyer left the game. Not sure if he's going to be back. Mac Jones will be back. We're getting zappy again. Daniel Jones left the game, but then Tyrod got hurt, so he had to come back in the game. They're in London this week. It's looking more optimistic that he's going to play, but here we are. Tua, I don't know when the hell he's coming back, but expect some Teddy Bridgewater in the near future. Mac Jones did not play. Jameis Winston did not play. Not sure about Winston and whether or not he'll play in week five, or we're going to see Andy Dalton again for QB pickups this week. I have Carson Wentz at number one in terms of streamers, less than 50% owned. He's against Tennessee. Teddy Bridgewater and Zach Wilson in that same game at two and three. Jared Goff at New England. New England's defense is pretty real, so watch out for that. Justin Fields at Minnesota. Goff would be higher, but I don't love him outdoors, and I don't like him against this this New England defense. And New England's going to try to run the ball as much as possible, which is going to really shrink this game. Like, you want what happened against Seattle, where they're just posting points and put Goff into catch-up mode instantaneously. Then you're in a good situation uh, against teams that are going to run the ball a ton. I should have sniffed this out with Mariota. Uh, not they, I mean, they ran the ball very effectively as well, but all the Browns wanted to do when that game was run. We were watching all the games at once on the screens, and all of a sudden it's like, Browns-Falcons is at half already, and there's like no other game past like eight minutes of the second quarter. It just went so fast, no time to run plays, and you're going to find that with teams that exclusively want to run the ball, and if they can run the ball somewhat effectively, they're just going to just suck the life out of the game. So that's my concern about Jared Goff this week, if you were wondering. Defensive streams, less than 50% owned. Going into Week 5, Denver against Indy on... Thursday night, that's a great situation to be in. Jonathan Taylor may or may not play. And Matt Ryan's the quarterback, who absolutely sucks. So every time he drops back, it's almost like he's trying to give it to the opposing defense, be it on a sack strip fumble, an interception, whatever it might be. He'll move the ball occasionally, but a lot of it is trying to give it to the other team. Can Denver capitalize? Hopefully they can. Jacksonville at home against Houston. Miami at the Jets. Green Bay at home against the New York Giants. They would be higher. Oh, it's not at home. It's in London against the Giants. But just Green, we just saw New England do it to them. Like Green Bay had the worst ranked rush defense per DVOA coming into the week. What did the Patriots do? Run as much as possible. And they did it pretty effectively. Suck the air out of the game. I think the Giants have a probably pretty similar strategy coming into the week and just use Saquon Barkley, give him 40 touches and see if that works out, especially with a banged up quarterback situation. It's not a horrible spot to be in, but the Packers just might not have the opportunities to do that. Then Minnesota uh, at home against the Bears, you need them to get out to a lead and pray Justin Fields starts throwing the ball. Because if not, you run into a similar circumstance where Chicago is just going to try to run the ball as much as possible and you're just not going to have the opportunities in order to create those pressure situations, to force sacks, to force bad throws, to force pick sixes where the real fantasy points are actually scored. Once again, you can find the full waiver column, which will continuously be updated with new news along with the newsletter. Both those things down in the description. A reminder, prizepicks.com, code MMN, link in the description. $100 deposit match on your first deposit with that code MMN. Get in the game, prize picks, more or less fantasy props, one of the most fun times you'll have throughout the course of the week. Anyway, smash like on the way out, sub to the channel. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Yeah!